Good morning. Welcome to chapel this morning. My name is Bob Yoder, campus pastor. I don't want to welcome students and faculty, staff, and particularly members of the Goshen College Board of Directors who will be meeting here this weekend. Welcome. As we planned for this chapel service, a couple of things as a planning committee for hosting Brian McLaren, a couple of things went through our mind. One was to say, we had a wonderful chapel, or we thought we'd have a wonderful chapel on Wednesday, and therefore, maybe let's not do Friday. It's, after all, the, at the beginning of midterm break, and it might make sense just to simply um, cancel it because of Wednesday and recognizing probably be a smaller turnout than normal, any, uh, normal um, as well. But as we further talked, we said, no, let's just do this, and we'll have a, um, more of a conversation, more of a follow-up um, to any lingering thoughts, questions, observations, responses, um, or insights that may have been provoked in people's minds um, due to the last couple of days while Brian was here. So we thought, hey, we will continue on, and it will be great and good and wonderful for those of us who are here uh, on this chapel. So with that in mind, welcome here. Let us pray together. God of the creation, of the seasons, of fall, of snow, we invite your continued presence onto this campus and into this particular chapel space this morning. Be with us in our thoughts, our insights, our questions, and in our learnings. Amen. For this morning's chapel, uh, obviously it will be different than other chapels that we've normally done. Um, as a planning committee, we decided to ask um, four people to give responses, uh, just three to four minute responses, and then you will have opportunity to offer your responses, your questions, your thoughts of learnings, of, of insights, uh, of ways that you may have interacted with Brian or in some of his sessions. And we have two mics uh, down front here that I'll invite you then uh, to come forward. Now, we aren't going to have a panel as such, so if you ask certain questions, um, don't expect a response necessarily because we don't have a panel here to engage you. Brian is on his way to the airport, so Brian's not here to um, be able to engage your questions. So just keep that in mind um, as we go through here this morning. The four responders um, are Amanda Beachy, Justin Hines, Becky Horst, and Jason Harrison. Amanda and Justin are uh, students here. And Jason is our assistant campus minister. And Becky serves as acting registrar and the director of grants. It was actually Becky's decision a few years ago to invite Brian to this campus. And then she formed a planning committee uh, to work at hosting of these couple of days. The other member of our committee was Jody Byler. And Jody is unable to be here this morning because she is taking Brian to the airport as we speak, at least hopefully so. Now, the two questions that we have asked these four people to respond to, and maybe this is what you might also want to think about responding to, is this, or two question statements. The first, Brian McLaren helped me to see this in a new way. 
And secondly, what implications might this have for us as a community here at Goshen College? Now, I also gave them the freedom to share whatever they thought would be helpful for this context outside of those two questions. And they could be in the form of lingering questions or struggles or, or whatever. Um, but if they had particular disturbing or frustrating thoughts um, as a result of something that Brian articulated, something that, they, that deeply troubled them, that they identify these for us this morning in a helpful, constructive manner, again, realizing that Brian is not here to be able to engage or to clarify um, or whatever. So, with that in mind, I invite uh, the four folks to come up, and when they are finished, uh, then we'll have time for open mic uh, thoughts and reflections from you all. I focus a little more on the second question of what does this mean for us as a community? And I think that Brian McLaren kind of fits in around here. He talks a lot about being Christ-centered. Goshen College is Christ-centered campus. And he talks with, a, with this focus of being rooted and grounded in Christ. He has the freedom and the courage to explore and to look at what's happening around the edges of the church. And he talked about how college is often a time of taking apart or breaking apart what we have known what has been understood and having our minds kind of blown apart and say, well, what about world, the world in this way? What about new thoughts? And he explained this uh, yesterday during the colloquium class as moving from different stages of development. And often that happens as you engage in education and cross-cultural experiences, two things that we focus on here at Goshen College, SST and obviously classes. And I've often heard students say, I came back from this class and I'm not sure what I think about this anymore. I came back from SST and I don't know if I want to be this major anymore. I'm not sure what I believe in now. And so it happens here that our worlds are torn apart. And I heard Brian challenging us to be this community to joyfully follow Jesus as a community that listens to each other and talks to each other and walks along and shares bits of wisdom along the way. And we can ask these really hard questions and test our boundaries. And maybe this would mean being vulnerable to a class advisor and saying, what is my major? Maybe I want to think about something different. It may mean talking to a professor after a class about what you're really challenged by or what you're really passionate about and finding out what that professor is really passionate about. It may mean joining a small group through campus ministries and sharing with other students in that way. Or it could mean joining the spiritual direction or spiritual friendship program where two students listen to each other as they talk about where they have or haven't seen God present. It may mean um, just talking to others on campus, your roommates, your floor mates. It may mean testing your call by applying for camping inquiry program or ministry inquiry or service inquiry program. It may mean taking advantage of resources on career services website and finding mentors who have already graduated from the campus and who may be an apprentice 
and who may be able to just take questions via email or phone call and be available as part of our community. And of course, um, Bob and I's campus pastors are always available. But the challenge to be the community, we are here testing these questions and there's all kinds of things we can talk about and there's many more things than what Brian talked about that we could talk about and question and say, what if? So I heard him saying, be the community and that may mean show up and actually talk and listen. And I hope that begins today in this chapel time. I have to admit that at times when Brian McLaren was here, it was really hard for me to attempt to engage what he was saying, knowing that I had to formulate some kind of response for Friday Chapel. So instead of thinking about, you know, what does he have to say to me, I was, what can I say in chapel? But eventually I was able to relax and engage with much of what he said and found that instead of having to take a few things that he said and stretch them into a three minute period, I had way too much to say and had to cut it down in order to fit it into a three-minute period. I also have to say, after reading one of his books and attending five different lectures here at Goshen College of McLaren's, I am not a Brian McLaren disciple. Well, I think in many cases he had some really good things to say to our campus, there were also some things that I could not support. But that doesn't mean that I couldn't consider what he had to say and, and gain in the process of thinking about it. If I had longer, I might choose to talk about McLaren's position of generous orthodoxy or his views of the kingdom of God, his views about the relationship of God to this kingdom or disciple making. Um, all these would be worthy topics for clarification or discussion, but instead I'm going to focus on two of the more obscure things that I heard McLaren say and two things that I really needed to hear um, about the way that I relate to God. And the first one that I want to share with you is from a story that McLaren shared during campus worship night. He told the story, in short, of a gr group of interdenominational church leaders who meet annually for three-day conferences in which they spend the first day and a half silent, spending the time in silent community in order to hear the word of God. During the second half of this conference, they then discuss what they've all heard um, during the time spent in silence. And while I was hearing this story, I wondered what implications this might have for my home church. Our church council has been involved in a six to eight month battle about what kind of silverware to buy for the fellowship hall. Should we buy the $400 plain silverware or should we spend $1,400 on the heavy duty pretty stuff? What effect might a time of silence, perhaps less radical than a day and a half, have on my church council? Perhaps God would reveal what kind of silverware we're supposed to buy. Or perhaps we would be able to dismiss the argument about silverware and focus on the bigger picture. Perhaps we would receive messages about revealing God's true love to the world or the importance of disciple making over evangelism. And if silence would be helpful for my church council, how could spiritual listening not be important for me or for our campus? Perhaps we could come from a time of silence with more concrete ideas about how to engage McLaren and how to bring the kingdom of God to earth. The second thing that McLaren helped me to see in clarity um, is a helpful way of dealing with spiritual drought or bankruptcy. Basically, McLaren said, I've been doing everything wrong. 
My way of doing things has been to formulate theology and then do spiritual practices that correspond with that theology. But what about the times when I can't find God? When God is so distant that I feel like I can't connect? Or what about when I've been in Bible class after Bible class, constructing and deconstructing theology so much that I don't even know what I believe anymore? At times like this, my response has been to stop doing these spiritual disciplines like prayer or tithing or fasting and wait out the distance. I think that I need a cohesive theology in place and need to know where God is before I continue praying. McLaren said that I've got this backwards. His advice was to keep praying, keep fasting, keep interacting with Christian community, keep doing spiritual disciplines even when we don't know what we believe. He said we need to continue with these disciplines and practices and that these will help lead us back to a theology or a faith that we can embrace. It is when I don't know what I think or where to go that I really need these disciplines to help, me, to help lead me out of these times of darkness. I've taken many things from McLaren's visit, both things I agree with and things I don't. I'm taking, role, I'm taking views on role of church, denomination, and faith community, spiritual formation, and a theory of generous orthodoxy. But perhaps most important, I am taking the knowledge and encouragement that I need to keep God in the center, that I need to take time to hear God and need to spend time doing things to connect me with God, even when things are rough. Perhaps when I've lived and worked with some of these smaller things for a while, I'll be able to engage and embrace and participate more fully in some of Brian McLaren's visions for the future. Well, one of the great things that I took away from uh, McLaren's talk in chapel last Wednesday was his openness to hearing from other traditions. It's true that sometimes we can put ourselves in a box by thinking only in terms of our own Mennonite world. We can be happy just to congratulate ourselves on having a great concept of community, an emphasis on service, and a good tradition of hymn singing. We come from a tradition that has a lot to say to the wider world about how to be peacemakers, about how to live in a world where you can no longer assume that everyone will be part of a state church, about how Jesus saves by forming a community in which we can live ethically. I take a lot of pride in being Mennonite. It's actually because of my love for my denomination that I was glad to hear Brian talk about how we should learn from others. After all, I recognize that our Mennonitism today isn't the same as the Mennonitism of Michael Sattler or Menno Simons, thank goodness, or even Harold Bender or John Howard Yoder. And I think that's a good thing. Through the years, Mennonites have learned important lessons from other groups. We've been influenced by pietism and liberalism and fundamentalism We've come from being the quiet in the land to being leaders in international service and being involved in social action and protests. We've started to talk about conflict resolution instead of remaining passive aggressive. We have indeed learned a lot from the outside and that's part of the richness of our tradition. Well, having said that, I do want to build on or clarify what McLaren said last Wednesday morning a little bit. After I heard him speak, I was bothered a little bit by the thought that he was simply 
taking what he liked from many different traditions and then kind of mixing them all together, it seemed like this could result in a sort of relativism where no tradition is better than any other and the more ideas you can claim from different places, the more complete your theology. I was able to talk to Brian a little bit about this after campus worship night on Wednesday, and he helped me to move past this interpretation of his talk. First of all, McLaren said, the alternative to taking lessons from other denominations is to close down dialogue between Christian groups, which we certainly don't want. Our own traditions do have weaknesses that other traditions can speak to. Secondly, learning from other traditions does not necessarily mean giving up your tradition. You can be shaped by other thoughts while still remaining inside your denomination. I wish, though, that McLaren would have gone a little bit further and said that a particular tradition is essential for an individual to have a healthy faith. It's impossible for you to really apply what you've learned intellectually about another tradition if you're not surrounded by a community who can hold you accountable and with whom you can worship. For instance, a Methodist can learn about the Anabaptist ideas of community, but what does that mean unless he or she lives in an Anabaptist community? The Methodist, I think, will gain some insights as to what could be improved about Methodist communities but she or he could never understand Anabaptist community in the fullest sense. In the same way, a Mennonite could learn some valuable lessons about ritual and sacrament from the Catholic Church. But without the belief in transubstantiation and without a hierarchical structure of church leadership, we will never be able to fully enter a Catholic's experience of sacrament. Now you can change your tradition, but only through a process of changing communities learning their stories, and entering a new way of life in that tradition. I would suggest that we can learn from other denominations, as McLaren said, but we cannot do this except through the, the uh, framework of our own tradition. If you're an Episcopalian, you can only learn about Pentecostalism through an Episcopalian lens. For instance, when I learn in class about liberation theology, I can absorb the things that are congruent with my Mennonite understanding of Jesus, like a commitment to speak against racism or an emphasis on being in solidarity with the poor. These are areas in which Mennonites often fail, and we need to be reminded of their importance. But they are also compatible with the core of my Mennonite beliefs. I can take them in and still have integrity as a Mennonite, even have more integrity since these areas have been strengthened. In conclusion, I think that McLaren is right about uh, needing other denominations to hold ourselves accountable and to realize what our weaknesses are. But this does not mean that we must embrace all traditions somehow on an equal footing. It means that we must be constantly evaluating our faith, growing in maturity, and learning how to better live out our core beliefs. To do this with integrity, we must acknowledge the particular tradition that we stand in and recognize that everything we learn will be through that particular lens. I figured it wouldn't be a response to McLaren without a PowerPoint. The most important thing that I learned from Brian McLaren 
is the importance of images and stories to convey truth. And I think that pastors, teachers, leaders should spend a considerable amount of time and energy gathering images, creating stories, and conveying them. And that's the best way to convey truth. In Keith Graber Miller's class, I heard Brian McLaren give a new image for creation. Not a big bang that happened long ago and is unwinding, 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 unraveling, but a big bloom that is still expanding, still developing. Think what that different image does to your worldview and to your daily decisions. If creation is still happening. And the Trinity, instead of a hierarchical relationship with God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, McLaren called it a circle dance. It's not an image that's original with him, it's one that he gathered from the ancient church, actually, where God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit interact and meld together. Christian discipleship last night, he didn't actually say this, but this is what he said it, this is what he assumed that it is not. It's not a get out of hell free card. Christian discipleship is an apprenticeship in which you learn from a master the elbow knowledge of how to live out daily life and make little decisions about what's the right thing to do, what's the most faithful way to do this particular thing. The church. In the cloakroom session yesterday afternoon, Brian McLaren said, what if church wasn't just a club for people who think like me, who are in my same stage of faith, that that is not the ideal that we should be after? What if we took the word church out of our vocabulary entirely and called everybody instead a school of love? Because that's what the church really should be, a school of love. And in faculty meeting yesterday afternoon, McLaren said that, well, he wrote this long list of denominations on the board. And he said basically that having all these different Christian denominations is not a sign of unfaithfulness. It's not that we're disobeying Jesus' call for unity. Instead, it's a diverse ecosystem of different Christian communities. I think that's a wonderful image for thinking about all of us gathered here from many different traditions. We're just different parts of the same ecosystem, all part of the faith system. So I hope that we can take away from Brian McLaren's visit the respect and the curiosity to learn all that we can from each other. Thanks. Thank you to you for. At this time, I would just invite you who want to offer some responses or thoughts or reflections of, of any way that you interacted while Brian was on campus in the last couple days, just to come forward uh, to the mics. And we have a few minutes for kind of an open mic thoughts and reflections. Perhaps these four said what was on your mind, or you could also be thinking, 
I'm heading off to fall break here in just a little bit, Bob, so just let us out. Any thoughts or reflections or insights or gleanings that you want to offer? And I won't belabor this at all. So if nobody comes up in the next 15 seconds, then we will be dismissed in a bit. What song? Okay, the one, the one response that I got, Charles here showed me the hymn book and said, let's sing a song. I cannot lead a hymn. Would somebody be willing to come up and lead um, this hymn real quick? Somebody who, who can do it. This is one of my inner child terrors of life <laughs> to do this. I talked with Deb Brubaker about it and Deb said, Bob, wait till I get a hold of you. We'll change that. It's a very closing way, to, good way to respond and, and Charles, are there any particular verses you want? And please, nobody else leave. We need all the voices we can in here. What, one, three, and five? Okay. <laughs> 